Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. It's Action Movie Anatomy. It's Wednesday. You're watching this and we're talking to you from the future. It's actually the past. Who even knows? What we know is that we're covering the Count of Monte freaking Cristo today. This is one of Andrew's favorite movies of all time, so we can't wait to talk about this for you guys on the show today. JC, the star that should have been. We'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Ooh. Oh yeah! Oh, that's hot! That's hot! Uh, JC, Jesus Christ! What's up? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I didn't even get that. <laughs> yeah, you, you got the joke. That. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's Jesus Christ. Same initials. Passion of the Christ. Same event initials. Funny. And his career is an anomaly. Unbelievable. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's uh, it's actually moving me here on Wednesday. We're back. It's the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie related and pop culture by the bucketful. Do you think that if I asked you to say that phrase three times fast, you could do it? Yeah, I've actually practiced. I've practiced it. Yeah, I have because it, it's it is a hard thing to say. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, especially because you all you say. Uh, all things pop culture and pop culture by the bucketful. It yeah. used to be all things movies and movie related. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like I like the pop culture by the bucketful. Yeah, I think totally. it's a good. Uh, it's good. <sighs> Welcome, pop. <Popcorn. laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Action Movie Anatomy. I'm glad that I don't have to say it. Yeah, if that's what you're trying nice. to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting for you. Um, this is uh, this is the show where we talk about action movies. On the show, uh, they adhere to four basic rules. Number one, the hero and the villain always hero always plays by their own rules. Yep. Uh, yeah, Duntest in the end does. Yeah, I mean, he he's forced in... I mean, he clearly doesn't in the beginning. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. And then, um, yeah, he absolutely plays by his own rules. In the beginning, he's kind of a little bitch. He is, and I think <laughs> the innocence of Edmond Dantes is what is so is what makes this movie so successful. Yeah, successful. so rewarding. Yeah, I, I feel agree. like once you ask me to say something, I've had yeah. a hard time saying anything. <laughs> we wrapped another taping because you guys are seeing this at a time. This isn't live, by the way. This is. Yeah, live. are we live? Are, are we in the future? So we're in the... We right tape. now, for us, we are in the future, but when you guys watch this, we will be in the past. It's not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> we tape this, and you guys are seeing it at a later date. Um, welcome to television. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, yes, but uh, uh, The Innocence, and yeah. Uh, I was going to make a joke about us just like railing shots of Jameson between shows, but then I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no one knows when, no, we don't even know when this is airing. So, rule number two. That's that's the rule. <laughs> Hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. We should tape every other week do this because the second episode it always seems like we're on drugs yeah they're, so they're pretty hilarious yeah yeah remember too the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room mondego's not he's yeah. cunning but he's not the smartest guy in the room yeah he's a he's just an asshole yeah he's, he's ruthless and in like in and kind of everything is starting to catch up with him yeah so he's definitely not the smartest guy in the room and uh i mean edmond 100 is it's almost like unless he's in a room with richard harris yeah like he's not the it's it's, it's almost like Edmund is by the end of the movie the smartest guy in the room, and then Mercedes is like the other smartest guy in the room. Yeah, you know she like she knows because it's really interesting they make the choice that she's the only one that immediately recognizes him. Everybody else it's kind of like it's just like over their head. Yeah, and which, I love that line that she said because I love that it is kind of ridiculous where you're like she's the only one that notices him. You like, know, it's like Clark Kent glasses. Right? Yeah, exactly. But then you know when when he like is a is rude to her and kicks her out of the carriage and all that. And then she comes back. She's right. like, you said the name Dantes. Yeah, I right. never said that. You're like, yes! Okay, good. There's there's more than just, like, the Clark Kent glasses. The classic red herring of writing. Yeah. I don't know anything about an Anne Lively. I'll look her up. Yeah. Um, uh, never heard three. of him. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is driven by police, military, or political, or mercenary figure. Uh, I think we just missed there. He's none I mean, of he's things. technically... Uh, uh, he works for the Navy. He's the captain of a ship in the Queen's Army. <laughs> the fer- the Ferio. The Ferio. No, for a second. no, that is Man. not. There's no explosion in this movie, so rule four is a straight miss. Yep. There. Yep. But this movie's sweet, so we're going to talk about it anyway. sick. There's explosions of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the place. Really quickly, uh, I'm Andrew Guy. You can find me online at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also find the podcast mm. at AMA Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. It's kind of wild, the lighting in this studio. We're not filming on an RLC. I know. The blue I'm seeing here. I know. I'm looking at it. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's kind of a trip. Sexy. Kind of a trip. Uh, yep, that's where you guys can find us there. So uh, we are going to talk about this movie coming up today on the show. We're going to be talking about three of our favorite mentor characters ever, because Richard Harris is a, it's a revelation yes, in this he film. Yes, uh, This just in one of the all-time great actors. We're going to be talking about Jim Caviezel's career and where it went after 2004. We're going to be talking about... Maybe Young Hollywood Stars if we have time, though it's a little short of an episode today, so maybe yeah, not. It might just be a sound off on some of our favorites. Yeah, and then, you know, thesis statement, fist pump, all the things that you guys have come to know and love about action movie anatomy. So I say let's get straight into things. Let's watch that trailer. Yeah, let's do it. Ooh, I'm curious. It's a good trailer? I bet it's probably not that good. As a slave. As a slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's this time period. 
finally hit something. Not in the movie. Being yeah, your friend is always an yeah, adventure. No, no. Yes, it is, isn't it? I watched the film. And a love. The music's pretty too, too. Yeah, it is. That any man would envy. It's like should be in the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Or like Dark City. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah, the music is so nineties. It goes to. She is very beautiful. She's very beautiful. I inform Mercedes that Edmond Dantes has been executed. My advice, take solace in the comfort of your good friend. It's so funny because it's drawn up like almost a soap opera nowadays. Yeah. But in the 2000s, that's what we wanted. Right. It's like, he betrayed her and totally. he did this and she's with him. God, this looks steamy. Yeah. <laughs> what if there's a sex scene? Yeah. Ooh. And in 02, usually, there, there usually was. With an actress who's really, really beautiful, but not really an anybody that you could pretty much predict you'd see her naked. Yeah, and I'm glad that she didn't do that in this yeah, movie. I agree. You are wealthier than any man I have ever heard. Louis Guzman is just, he's the, the silent <laughs> ringer of this movie. Always. He's yeah. phenomenal. This period, this period in time in Hollywood, he was just Revenge. killing it. Everything. Yeah. Just, I will change my identity. I shall become a count. Ladies and gentlemen, the count of Monte Cristo. Count on revenge. Monte Cristo. Count on revenge. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I'm a count. Not a saint. Not a saint. Ooh, that was an explosion. Guy Pierce's gun was an explosion. That's fair. Yep. Not a great trailer. Pretty bad. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm assuming in 2002 it was probably kind of sweet. It's fine. I think it, it sells that movie as being kind of just a generic by the numbers adventure movie. But the thing about this movie that's funny is that it's regarded by people as this like forgotten classic. Mm -hmm. But if you don't think about it much and you just remember it coming out, it is a by the numbers adventure movie. Totally. That's, you, that's what this movie like felt like to people when it came out. Yeah, it's only... It's only if you truly like love and watch this movie and appreciate. I mean, because the great thing about this movie is all the performances are fantastic. It's written really well. It's it's a really well made movie all the way across the board, and the, and it's a good story. It's yep. a great revenge tale. So um, maybe it was mismarketed. I mean, definitely mismarketed. Like hundred percent. I, I mean, I don't know what it was like in two thousand and two. It probably looked cool, but it still seems very mismarketed. Well, also remember for a second, like we're gonna get to where these actors were in their careers. But think about that for a second. I mean, Memento was two thousand. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, it was two thousand. Yeah. So and and Caviezel at this point is basically, he's not really in anybody. So no, like, he's not really in anybody. He's kind of done a little bit, but um, like he he'd started to get these leading roles and like pay it forward and angel eyes. He was thin like, red line, yeah, thin red line, and then he had a few years. But I mean, this is like sort of his moment. But he was, you know, it, I think about the equivalent of this movie hitting theaters right now, and this would be like. This would be like a movie starring Oscar Isaac four years ago. Yeah. Like, where he's like, oh, he's that guy. I've seen his face. He was, oh, he was in Robin Hood. He's in a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, the other star would be like, again, like Tom Hardy three or four years ago. Kind of just like one of those guys who's like, oh, he's hot. He's coming up. He's had a movie we all saw. Yeah, and Guy Pearce was definitely the more famous of the two. It's weird because Guy Pearce has this weird thing where it's like no one ever wants to see him as the leading man. Right. Um yeah, Which is actually is, is perfect to talk about here. Yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, we are going to get into our thesis statement. If you guys are watching or listening for the first time, uh, this is that part of the show where we talk about our biggest, boldest thought about the movie. It's the thing that really kind of defines what you feel about the movie. If you want to bring it up to someone, this is the point you're going to start with. Rooted in hyperbole, the greatest, this, the only this, uh, should never just be like, you know, this is my favorite instance of a beautiful woman not getting naked in a movie. Um, <laughs> you know, or Hawkeye's good in Civil Wars. So, right, right. You know, stupid thesis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't my thesis, by the way. Um, I'm going to jump in first, and I'm going to say that Guy Pierce is the most criminally underrated leading man slash villain on screen, period. If you go and you watch Memento, he's the bad guy in that movie. Right. And he also has movie star charisma in it because you are so, so captured by what he's doing. Totally. He's incredibly engaging. You just want to watch him exist. Um, Lawless, he's fantastic in. Uh, he's such a good shit weasel. And his career has just kind of been lackluster. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely had big moments. Yeah. He's, he's had great role. I mean, Iron Man was a big moment for yeah. him, but it was also like Iron Man 3 kind of sucked. He's got, uh, yeah, he's he's shown up in all these movies, like, so he's really good in The Proposition, that's, like, kind of an indie western, he's right. very well-renowned, an Australian film. Like, Illusionist, is he in that? 
Or is that just Ed, Ed Norton? I think it's just Ed Norton. Yeah, he's not he shows up at the end of the road for a minute. Oh, yeah, that? the veteran in the road. Yep, yeah. Yep. He's like a really interesting actor. He was in that movie uh, Lockout. Uh, or not Lock Up? Lockout. Lockout. The one with Maggie Grace. Jake yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hurricane High School. And uh, he's like, he plays like something snow in the movie. Yeah, I mean, and you look at his career, and there's like, there's a lot of movies, and you know, he was in Prometheus, the Time yeah, Machine. Lockout. Um, he's in a lot of movies, King's Speech, Animal King. Oh my god, I forgot he was in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. He's Time such Machine, a, right? Isn't that that's him? Yeah, he's Hard such a him? good actor, and and it's not like if you look at his career. Yeah, it was two thousand. It was the same year as this movie. It's not like if you look at his career, like, well, it's not like he hasn't been working. It's just that he hasn't really been put in positions to excel and exceed and propel his career. Also, like when you think about a movie like Memento, there's like a certain stigma that gets associated when like an actor will break out in a movie like that, where it's like a cultural, like one of those movies that was like everybody saw that movie that year. It was right. Like, like if Kevin Spacey was only Kaiser Soze, you would probably not be like, is Kevin Spacey one of the greatest? Because the role itself is. So in right. the movie itself has is, is held to such a high standard. Completely. And that's kind of what Memento was for a lot of people, which is sort of actually hilarious if you go back and think about the fact that he followed it up with Insomnia, Nolan. Like yeah. it's like it was maybe his worst movie is his follow-up to like what people a lot of people consider to be his like classic. Yeah. Um interesting. I haven't watched Memento in a few years, but I watched it again pretty recently and it, it definitely holds up. It's uh it's 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 definitely the darkest thing that he's ever done. Yeah. I would say. It's pretty raw, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, anyway, guys, we are going to get into the show. Wait, so your thesis. Thesis statement, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my thesis statement is that... My thesis statement is that Jim Caviezel is the most forgotten leading man of his generation. And it's this just, movie... is so interesting. Our thesis is thesires, very similar. Yeah, and this movie is such a clear and stark reminder of it for me because, like, this is his peak. This is his moment. If you look around this time, it's like... Thin Red Line in 98, we had talked about it. You know, Angel Eyes, Pay It Forward. You know, he's kind of showing up in things here and there. He's a helicopter pilot in The Rock in 96. Yep. And he shows then, up in this in 02. Yeah. And then The Passion of the Christ, which is his career-defining role for sure. But also, that's like kind of the end for him. He's the villain in Deja Vu in 2006. And he's very good in Deja he's Vu. creepy. And then he just sort of stops being in anything that matters. He like doesn't. And it doesn't make sense because, you, you know, we, we do, we've done this with actors on our show. It's like, well, maybe they had a drinking problem. Maybe they had an issue with this. Maybe whatever. He's, he's got a bad attitude, all these things. And, and, and for him, I never really heard anything. I've heard that he is outwardly Christian, um, uh, which would make sense for that role. Mm-hmm. And he also, like, just has a movie that just came out, I think, called, like, John the Apostle. Yeah, um, which uh, Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle. Paul, Apostle of Christ. That's yeah. what it is, yeah. And, like, I... We're, forgive me if that was an incredibly ignorant thing to say yeah, in, that's in the fine. context of religion. I mean, at least you named one of the apostles. Um, so, I, that's what I've heard, and that doesn't surprise me. He did have a role on Person of Interest for, like, five years. Yeah. People love that show. I, I know people think did that Did they show, really? Yeah, apparently that, that show's that really show good. That show was as popular as it was, but yeah, I, I remember seeing... You know who's behind that show? is Jonathan Nolan. That's that's oh, why that show is right, good. right, yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I remember seeing Paul, Apostle of Christ, uh, the trailer, and I was just like, what... Are you do like you already did yeah. the Passion of the Christ, and it was like one of the most and and so now he's got this rumored film coming out, The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. Oh right, I've heard of the sequel. So so maybe that's why. And like again, this is we're not bashing on religious people by any means, but maybe it was his radical Christianity, make, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Maybe it was that, but I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, you make choices as an actor and, and, and the way you live your life and, and, and the outward representation of your personality in the industry is one of them. And if that's a choice he made, his obviously his faith was more important to him than having a varied career. So, like, if that's the case, that's the case. Yeah, more, all power, more power to you. Exactly. But it is really weird when you look at his film career and you're just like, you... Even despite that, I'm sure there were people reaching out to you to make certain movies. Totally. I mean, yeah, he was he was a guy that seemed like after 04 was a star. Straight up. Yeah. And this movie reminds you that he had what it took. This is like a very, you know, this is an adventure movie more than an action movie. This is yes. much more in line with, like, your kind of your Princess Bride type of movie. And he carries it really well. He crushes it. He's he's soft and he's believable and he's the everyman. And then also he's... We, you watch him do his transformation. You're like, I would do everything this. I would do everything the same way. Yeah. And then you see him lose it in moments when he's like, uh, he's when when Luis Guzman's like, you're mad. He's like, I'm not mad. It's, why mad? Why would I be mad? All my enemies are falling directly into my plan. You know, it's like it's it, he's crazed. Yeah. He's incensed. Um. So yeah, those are our thesis statements. Um. 
and they're both it's funny they're they're very similar but yeah for opposing actors well i think yeah this movie is a, is a very very underrated movie everyone and, in this movie is i think every single person in this movie the most famous person in this movie is henry cavill which is a joke that is so funny it's it's crazy to think about he is actually he's bigger most... than richard harris ever was uh even though richard harris is so famous and, and yeah. so revered cavill's number is like star power is way up here so superman yeah yeah so everyone in this movie is is great though yeah Everybody does a great job. So talking about Richard Harris, I want to get into my fist bump moment because yeah. I think my fist bump moment has to be when he is training Dantes in the prison and yes. he says to him, like, you know, he says to me, teach me to fight or I stop digging. And he starts to teach him and it starts with like a total karate kid move with the, with the dripping yeah, water, the dripping water. And he and can't the... do it. And he's like, Sweet. yeah, you have to be quicker. Yeah. 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 And he's like so much older, but he's still so fast. Yeah. And I, I love, love the camera shot too. Yeah. It's great. Like right at you. And yeah. I love, I love that. And then I also love that, uh, when he's like teaching him, you know, Duntess now is so focused, he's getting, he's getting whipped. And as he's getting whipped, he's like reciting mathematics in, in like Latin, in, in Italian yeah, or something. Yeah, it's it's, amazing. it's like, like so, it's so Spanish like classic action movie. Just like, this is ridiculous, but it's also so memorable. Oh, it's so it, memorable. The training montage in the prison might be the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Richard Harris is fantastic. And you know he's the guy who's going to die. Yeah, of course. But he's so good. And his death is, is really sad. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really tragic. And, like, Dantes just seizes the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's what it's, I love. I mean, that's why uh, there's moments of this when you're watching it. Especially like that moment and how it all comes together perfectly, and the amount of times they say each other's names. It's like you you just feel that it comes from a book. One of my, fi- I mean, I almost want to save it for favorite line, so I, maybe I will you save it. Okay, because I was going to say my actual fist pump in that scene is this line. Oh, I'll, I'll use it because I think it's pretty. Cool. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, it's when he says to him, um, "Do not commit the crime for which you now serve the sentence." Right, and that's such a cool moment. It's such a cool fist bump because you're like he is so driven to learn this stuff because of his his vengeance and his anger. And you know that that's you know exactly what's going to happen when he gets out. You know that he's not going to be this like man of higher learning. No, he's going to do it. He's going to use all the tools, but he's definitely going to try to seek revenge. Yeah, and, and he says he's just I surely will seek my vengeance. Like as priest is dying. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's so interesting. You say that line so because he does. Big shout out to Kevin Undergaro, who is the owner EP founder yeah. of Afterbuzz and Popcorn Talk. That's one of his favorite lines. I was texting with him this morning, and he literally texted me that line and another one. So Neglect Becomes Our Allies, the other one. Ah, uh, Neglect me. Becomes Our Allies, fantastic. Yeah, this is Kevin's second favorite movie of all time behind Rocky, yeah. which is, is very fitting. Um, oh, man, I totally lost my train of thought. It was about Richard Harris. Oh, so that line, he commits the... So, so technically the crime that he got sent to prison for that they say is murder, because he's saying that he murdered one of the, the gendarmes when he was escaping. It's not right. treason. Right. So he does commit the crime, because he kills... Edmond. I mean, he kills. Uh, uh, why can't I remember his name? Edmond Dantes and uh, Mondego. He kills Mondego at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he does commit the crime that for he was sent there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so uh, that's a great. Yeah, There's so many fist pumps in there. I love when he finally gets the hand in and out, and he's like. Yeah, right. It's like checks to yeah. make sure. It's yeah. so awesome. So, but speaking of which, uh, fist bump moments, because Richard Harris seems like he's definitely a favorite Wait, of ours. I didn't, I didn't say mine yet. Oh, you didn't say your fist no, bump? No, I didn't say mine. Oh, please say so your fist bump moment. my fist pump moment, there's there's definitely a handful of them, but I think my actual favorite one, well, I have to say, I love when he blocks the sword with his naked hand. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. a glove. You're just like, ah! Oh, yeah. That's badass. Badass. Uh, but my favorite is when he takes the, the sword in one move. From, from from Mondego from Mondego yeah. and he's like I see somebody taught you the sword yeah and you're yeah. just like yeah. and you're and you're like you have no idea <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> like one move sword out of his hand he's just like standing there we didn't even explain what fist bump moment is in the oh, show oh yeah because we're so I, excited we're so excited fist bump moment is that moment something happens you literally are just like I'm so excited to watch this this movie and that's totally one of those moments yeah, I looked around and I was just like yes yeah yes. no idea how much trouble you're in because in the very beginning. Mondego just kicks his, he's just like poking yeah. at him and stabbing him, and it, it's pretty rough. Yeah, totally. So uh, that's going to wrap up that. But because Richard Harris is a total, uh, total badass, we do want to talk about a segment inspired by him, which is top three mentor characters. Now, this is not going to be the only three. It's three interesting mentor characters in movies that we both love. Right. And uh, we're just going to kind of share three here. I have, I have a few really fun ones. Uh, let me see them real quick. I just want to make sure that you don't have any of the ones that are... 
Yeah, so like some of the classic ones that people want to throw in, like Yoda yeah. is a great one, but yeah. I, I didn't want to put that. Like, he's such a. So, yeah, there's like a few of the like massive ones. I, although I do feel like my my number three is kind of ridiculous in one of those. It's Morpheus. Oh, that's he's a like, great one. Yeah, I mean, it's but amazing. It's so classic. It's so classic. It's, yeah. it just is like you have to you have to say Morpheus. I, honest to God, think that like when you talk about movies that have like when we went back and watched them for the show a couple of years ago, it's like. Yeah. I love The Matrix so much. It's so good. It's so timeless. Yeah. And and it was so ahead of its time. Uh, like it's just and like and Fishburne's so sweet and like the, it's just the birth of Hugo Weaving's career. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That movie is is still to this day one of the absolute most incredible. So I have to go Morpheus. It's a great red one. pill or blue pill like he's he's the man. He sacrificed himself. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my first one's going to be Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. Oh, that's great. That's uh, so good. Yeah, not Jackie Chan. Um, but uh, <laughs> Although I heard he was good in that one. Yeah, wait. Uh, how am I forgetting? Pat. Pat Morita. Yeah, Moria or something Morita. like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. good, good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're dude. almost there. Good thing you got me on your team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, my number two, um, which I think is is, is, is a pretty cool. But my whole list is pretty obscure. So my number two I'm going to go with, which is uh, Hiroko Yuki Sanada Ujio. From The Last Samurai. Yes. He is tough love by the book. Like he, the crap yeah. out of Cruz. He kicks Cruz's ass so bad. And at the end, when they're fighting next to each other, he doesn't have to say anything. Yeah. It's just the fact that he even will fight and stand next yeah, to him next in the samurai Cruz. armor. You're just like... <sighs> there are movies that I so badly want to just do again on the show. Oh, definitely. That's one of them, for sure. A lot of the, lot of the first year movies that we did... Uh, that were so much fun. I want to go back and like revisit. I mean, you know we could. Yeah, I think there's like maybe an inch, and if you guys are watching or listening to this, I know some of you on the Facebook page talked about that, um, but I definitely think that's a cool idea and something we could think about doing, uh, which is maybe like, maybe some hybrid episodes, maybe not like a full episode on a movie, but maybe you revisit, right. you know, some multiple like movies. three or four movies in one episode. Yeah, I mean, we could start to, what we could start doing that could be really, really fun for us if we wanted is we could start to like once a month do an episode where we go like five movies at a time chronologically through the show. Oh, and go, yeah. We kind of do a special retrospective five movies at a time episode. Well, hell, I mean, someone was just saying, and by the time this airs, it will have passed because it's today is, is for us, I'll I'll just tell you right now, we're going to ruin all the smoke and mirrors. Today's April 18th. Yep. uh, And I believe April 29th, not the 25th. The 29th was the first time Ben and I ever sat down at this desk and did AMA three years ago. Yeah. So something retrospective like that could be really cool. Big time. It's an interesting idea. We should float this maybe, that thing about like a retrospective series, because what we could actually do would be if the Patreon for Team Action, which we're going to get to shout outs in a second here, um, if it reached a high enough number, I wonder if we could add a fifth show a month, double down once a, once a month in a studio here, right. and actually do that once a month. Like prep a show, huh. come in and do like a five movie at a time retrospective and start going one at a time, a month at a time, five movies through. And yeah, it would take it us would, forever to yeah, catch up. We so, we've done so many movies. But going back to the beginning, like it would allow us to not spend much time on the movies that we don't really want to revisit and get to spend the loving 10 to 15 minutes of the ones on we do. we want to go back to. Which would be fun. So yeah. Maybe it's worth We also it. just need to do a Mortal Kombat episode again. We really do. Uh, so. so really quickly, I'm just going to remind people, my number three was Morpheus, and my yeah. number two is Ujio. Yeah. Who's your number two? Number two is going to be... Uh, uh, Liam Neeson, Rachel Ghoul from Batman Begins. Yes, yeah. It's I know it's a small one because no. like, but he's so good, That's so good. It's a he's like a really good teacher, and I love, I just like love him in that Razor movie. Cool. But the spirit of Rachel Ghoul is immortal. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be so crazy, but I realized it's my favorite part of the entire movie, and the the role will stick in my mind forever. It's Pi May from Kill Bill Two. Oh, interesting! The expert, the tutelage. guy with the the, the, the yeah, the, the hair and the beard. I just like, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> not only is that sequence the best part of that whole film, Kill Bill Two, but like he's such a badass. But he's he's unwavering in his morals and what he teaches. But like he he's like a good he like lightens up. He he shows compassion towards those and like the fact that he like picks out Daryl Hannah's eye for calling him a miserable fool and right, stuff like right, that. Right, like. Right. There's just something so badass about him in the very first fight that he has when he almost kill or breaks off or, or chops off her arm. And right, like, right. He's just awesome. For sure. And then, like, anytime I watch that, if that movie's ever on, I'm like, okay, if I can see the cruel tutelage of Pie Man, then I'm going to watch it. I have not seen Kill Bill 2 since theaters. I didn't think you did. Yeah, I saw yeah. it in theaters. I saw both of them. It was fine, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember at the time liking it more than Kill Bill 1. Yeah, that's interesting. Because it was, like, more dialogue-heavy. Yeah, it's definitely more of a drama. But then, like, going back and, like, thinking about those movies, like, I 
I really liked Kill Bill 1 when we watched it again. I was, like, pretty, pretty blown away yeah. by it. And I think I'd probably dislike Kill Bill 2 more than I did in the first place. I was so happy that you liked Kill Bill 1 it so was much. Awesome. Um, my last one, my final uh, mentor character, and this is a funny one. This is kind of out on a limb. Is uh, is Ryan Gosling from Crazy Stupid Love. Oh! Jacob. That is so good. Because he's... Him <laughs> coaching Carell. It's so good. I just watched that movie again. It's very funny. I saw it again, like, two weeks ago on an airplane. And, like... I had seen it in theaters and remembered that I thought it was really funny. It's so good. It's Academy Award duo on screen right there. Dude, it's so funny. Like, that whole movie is just, like, it's... And, and it, like, you you get a little gay for Ryan Gosling in it, he's right? He's the best. He's, like, incredibly charming and good-looking yeah. and incredibly well-dressed. But also, like, also like you. Go, I watch it now, like, five years or six years later, whenever. <laughs> You're like, that was a fuckboy. And I'm a little bit like that. Like that was cool when I was like, you know, 23. Right. And like I'm right. a man now. And like that's the worst. That's <laughs> the guy that I hate. Yeah. You're yeah. Like exactly. I hope like, I never want to be that guy. So funny. But when you're young, you're like, oh man, confidence like that. So cool. Yeah. He yeah. dresses so well. He's so jacked and tan. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, yep. And you're a douchebag. Yeah. But he's great in that movie, and he trains oh. the shit out of Carell. Yeah. I love the moment where Carell with, with Marissa Tomei, and they're at the bar. And he like just says all the wrong things, and then she makes some comment, and he's and he's like, "This is a very hot outfit." He's like, "Layers." He's like, "I've got a sweater over a shirt over a tie with a jacket." It just seals in the sweat. I'm so- <laughs> yeah, it's, that movie's very good. Yeah. Um. So, so that's your. Okay, so those are our top. So those are th- that's a great list. Yeah. Metro like characters. We're able yeah. To talk about that real quick. Tweet at us, guys, if you want to uh, share yours with us as well. And uh, by the way, a couple quick shout outs for you guys. The first one that I do want to share is we have a couple Patreon shout outs. David Bell and Chris Ang both yes. deserve a salute. Welcome to the Action Army. Thanks for subscribing you. to the Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash team action, where you guys can find weekly content that we do in front of a large Nicolas Cage wall hanging from looking very regal. It's um, amazing. We give you guys about like a 10 to 15 minute video, video every single week. Uh, we upload it privately to the Patreon, and uh, pretty soon we'll probably start sharing the ones from the early portion and making them public so you guys yeah. can just all watch them. But uh, all you have to do is donate a buck a month. There's cool stuff. Like, if you donate a little bit of money, you can call into the show sometimes. Pick movies we do sometimes. There's a lot of great stuff. So check that out, patreon.com. And another thing you can team do, action. patreon.com slash team action. Sorry to cut you off. Another thing you can do at the highest level is uh, is the general level, is, like Ben said, is you can pick a movie. Or you can actually maybe make some Smowdown suggestions for us. We participate in the movie trivia Smowdown as team action. You can maybe pick an entrance idea for us, a theme, uh, a gimmick to go with. And the reason that I mention that is... Because we are going to be performing live on June 2nd at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood as Team Action. Doing movie trivia against the Shire Wolves. Yeah. Our good friends, uh, Rachel Cushing and Clark Wolf. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have a debt to avenge this match. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's going to that's gonna happen. <sighs> yeah. Stupid Fife Club. I hate them. I hate them and we will avenge you. We were yeah. going we to destroy them. Andrew, we just got lucky. Those questions were complete, utter bullshit. So... SchmodownLive.com, June 2nd, El Portal Theater, Team Action, will be there. Back to the episode. Back to the episode. So uh, let's get into Star Profiles. We mentioned it a little bit already because that's kind of the point of both of our thesis statements. But Caviezel and Guy Pierce, both their careers. So again, Guy Pierce, have you ever seen Ravenous? We've talked about this before. No. You need to watch it. I, okay. I, I looked Guy at it Pierce. again yesterday. Yeah. It's the soundtrack to Ravenous is the best part. It's so weird. It's the guy from Blur. Is it a horror it. movie? Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's like a weird like hor- like supernatural horror. Is he like, a vampire? Black comedy. They're cannibals. Okay, that's I, so I I know of it, but I don't. Yeah, it's like Robert Kyle, Carlyle and Guy Pierce, and like the premise is like basically if you eat somebody, you like gain their strength. Oh. And so it's like these, it's like 99. Yeah. Yeah. So it's before, it's like, it's the same year as, or the year before Memento. So Guy Pierce is like sort of breaking through. Nobody really saw Ravenous. I remember it coming out. I remember my buddy and I in sixth grade were both like, you, you see Ravenous? That's I love, pretty cool. So Neil Mac, McDonald is one yeah. of my favorite, like just cardboard cut bad guys. Uh, you know him from like Walking Tall and stuff. Oh yeah, he's yeah, the guy yeah. with yeah, the yeah, silver course, hair and the blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. But I love that the first thing on IMDb <laughs> is him like looking crazy in the Ravenous poster. So I will definitely check that out. Yeah, that guy's such a, <laughs> such a that guy is such a shit weasel. Yeah, and I actually really like that guy. Uh, so yeah, he did Ravenous in '99. He does the Rules of Engagement in 2000, and then Memento in 2000 as well. So like, I'm assuming you've seen Rules of Engagement. I, uh, this is a Samuel L. Jackson one. I, yeah, with Tom, Tommy Lee, I think. Yeah, I don't remember it, but I think I've seen it. I think I've seen The General's Daughter, but I haven't seen Rules of Engagement, maybe. The General's Daughter, that's a Travolta one, right? And there's Heart's War. And then there's Captain, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. What did I just watch recently? <laughs> it's just like all these. What did I just watch? I watched like a procedural, like 
some Travolta movie that I had never seen. Oh, I watched Basic. I don't think I've seen General's Daughter. Oh, I haven't seen Basic. Yeah, it's not very good. It's McTiernan, so I watched it. Yeah. Uh, Rules of Engagement, if I remember, is not very good. And then, of course, Memento, as we all know, is a massive cult classic. And that puts him on the map. And then you hold to the, flip to the other side. you got Caviezel, who does Pay It Forward in 2000, but he wasn't really remembered in that movie. It was him? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so it's Haley Joel Osment, uh, Helen Hunt, and yep. Kevin Spacey. Yep. And it's based off of a book. And I remember it was that was a, f- a cultural phenomenon as well. Pay It Forward? Yeah, people were all crazy about it because everyone started to pay it forward because it was like such a, a novel concept was to do something nice if someone did something nice to you. Sure. But then people also hated the movie because Haley Joel Osment gets stabbed at the end of it and dies. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yep. The year after he lost for six cents, <laughs> he gets stabbed and dies and pay it forward. Rough go for the kid. Yeah, it's brutal. And then he goes to... He got nominated for an Oscar. I totally forgot. Supporting. The youngest ever. Cried. Cried when he didn't get it. On camera. What a bitch. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a nine-year-old at the Oscars. <laughs> if, I, if I got nominated now and didn't win one, I'd cry. I'm 30. So, uh, <laughs> and Haley Joel Osment would be sitting there watching be like, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like he's probably like so jacked and like tatted and in prison or something, and well, just like has seen, a picture of you on his wall. You know that he, what he actually looks like, right? Yeah, isn't he? Is he the one who got in a lot of trouble? That's Jake Lloyd. Well, yeah, Jake Lloyd did too. But Osmond put on a good amount of weight. Yeah, it looks pretty now crazy. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember so he did now. pay it forward in two thousand. This is Haley Joel Osmond we're talking about now. Uh, and then Jim Caviezel. So he says Madison in two thousand one. I did not see. And then Angel Eyes in two thousand one, which I just confused with enough. Okay, because it's like, aren't they both in it? I don't know. Uh, one of our favorite things on the show, a classic, a classic thing about this show is how Andrew and I watched dip, such different movies growing up. <laughs> and thinking about like some of these like pay it forward, angel eyes, I'm just like, these are clearly movies that you probably would have watched growing up just based on their titles. And I also am like thinking about the movies that I watched repeatedly as a kid. Right. And I think about this movie and I'm like, this is such like PG 13 adventure. Oh, totally. You were tar- like encouraged to watch. Oh, this. my mom loves, loves this, movie. this movie. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. All time favorites. One bit. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> my dad was like, let's watch Ronan. Let's watch the scene where De Niro has to dig a bullet out of his stomach with like bite, like drinking a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. I remember watching, uh, saving private Ryan with my mom and her boyfriend at the time. And she was just like, I don't think we should watch this. And I was like, it's too late. We've already started. It's like 20 minutes in. Uh, I've already seen it. I can't unsee it, Mom. I've already seen the gnarliest parts. So getting into production development, uh, Jay Wolpert wrote this movie. He has a really interesting career. So he got his start by winning... uh, (laughs) I'm going to just read it right here. Wolpert's first television appearance came as a contestant on the original version of Jeopardy in 1969. He competed in the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions that year and won. Hmm. And then Wolpert went on to become a massive, massive game game show producer. Um, for Dan Enright in Canada. So he did movies like, uh, or he did shows like The Price is Right and Double Dare. Another one's called Hugh and Hitman, things we don't know. But um, $25,000 period, pyramid. <laughs> $25,000 pyramid. That was a good one. Uh, so then you move on to him becoming a screenwriter, and he's really only written two movies. And that's The Count of Monte Cristo, and he got a writing credit for The Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> so you're talking back to back years massive movies i mean like this movie is pretty small in yep. comparison but curse of black pearl is huge and then he kind of just didn't he just kind of doesn't anymore he just stops it happens you know it's, it's crazy when you if you were to go through the list and you were going to say like which category writer producer director or actor do you feel like you see the most like spotty success and I think it's got to be writer. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, because it's the type of person you wonder. It's like, I sell one spec script for a couple million dollars. Maybe I just settle down and have a family. And you, you know? see these guys all the time where we'll look and it'll be like, they wrote five movies or four movies. And a lot of them were in like quick sequence. I mean, like, so our buddy, our buddy Anthony Tambakis, who wrote Warrior. Yeah. Um, Warrior's back in 2013 now. That, that movie came out. Or 2011 now? Greatest movie of all time. I guess 2011 probably. 2011 is Warrior, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it is 2011. Um. So, because yeah, 2012 was Bane. So um, that movie comes out in 2011 and puts Anthony on the map. Obviously, like you know, and he's had he's had a few different scripts now get produced and made into movies. Jane's got it, or no? Uh, he he did some script consulting. And I think worked on Jane Got a Gun, and he also Gringo just hit theaters. Yeah, Gringo. And uh, he you know he's worked on some other stuff. But the point is, like when you talk about in 10 years, if somebody goes back and look at Anthony, looks at Anthony's career, they might not remember Gringo. It didn't open super super well, and like. I enjoyed Gringo. Didn't get great reviews though. Yeah, but I didn't the, see it, and I I, I, did, I wasn't really dying to. 
But like of the movies that he's done, Warrior is a super loved, notable movie. You know, with, with massive stars in it as well. Like so let's, all of Jennifer Morrison, Nick Nolte, all of them. Let's say that let's say that Anthony has one more script in the next five years that's a really big deal. Like another movie that's really big. In twenty years, looking back at his career, somebody's gonna just look at the highlights, which is like what we do with everybody we look yeah. at. I mean, not rightfully so, but they would look at it on paper and be like, Oh yeah, so we wrote a couple movies. Well yeah, but what, so I just think what's so interesting about this guy is it's like he didn't even have those gringos and it was just like Blockbuster, blockbuster, done, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of an interesting story with, with uh, Kevin Reynolds as well. So Kevin Reynolds is, uh, he, he, he kind of famous from working with Kevin Costner. They were friends for a really long time, and he did Dances with Wolves at Costner in 90, um, in particular, the buffalo hunting scenes where he was uncredited second unit director, and then he went on to be the leading director of uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right, which he then worked with Costner again for Waterworld a few years later, uh-huh. which is, you know, proceeding... Ba- basically, his career results in, like, those movies. I mean, that's that's pretty much the story. Tristan Isolde, he did that <laughs> film uh, Risen a couple years ago with, uh, Ra- with Ra- uh, Joseph Fiennes. Oh, yeah, and then he also did... Uh, uh... Directed next dramatic thriller one eight seven oh, yeah, in yeah. ninety seven, which gave Samuel L. Jackson his first top build leading role. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that, which movie. I think is really interesting. And then he went on to do the history miniseries The Hatfields and McCoys, which I remember. People like that. And uh, that series was nominated for sixteen primetime Emmys, and one of them was for him for director. And he just kind of stopped. Yeah, again. Um, producers Gary Barger, Gary Barber, and Roger Birnbaum, and Jonathan Glickman. I think we've all talked about on the show before, uh, but we are running a little short, and um, I don't really care about producers. Yeah, <laughs> especially only, not these guys. Only sometimes. Only Bruce care. Berman. Uh, only Bruce BB BB. <laughs> BB. Uh, yeah, Kevin Reynolds though is he, he's a notable director. I mean, he's definitely a guy that he's he's definitely a guy. The other thing we forgot to mention on the on the writing front is that Kevin Reynolds wrote Red Dawn. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like one of the one of the ways that he kind of got in. So. Um, but anyway, moving on, continuing to talk about things. I do want to talk just for a second before we move on to critical about Jim Caviezel again, because we mentioned, you know, we're talking about kind of like these guys' careers and why nothing ever happened. And one thing that you'll notice happens, Bill Simmons talks about this a lot. He'll use the phrase course correction, where he'll say there's two actors. Yes. He he likes to use the example of, you know, uh, Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks. In the late 80s? In the late 80s, where, you know, it's a bosom buddies, and it's like, you're, you know, they're both kind of these quirky, funny, handsome, uh, talented, but, like, ultimately comedy-based leading men. And, and you got to remember, Tom Hanks is not America's uncle yet. No. And Michael Keaton has not done, this is nuts! You want to get nuts? Right. You know, like, he hasn't, yeah. Yeah, so, so Keaton does Batman, it's 89, and, you know, Tom Hanks does big, it's like 88 or 89. And we're moving forward, and it's like, okay, who's going to emerge as the bigger star? What ended up happening is Keaton kind of... He just kind of petered off. He did another Batman. His yeah. 90s were fine. By the late 90s, he was kind of done. And by the late 90s, Tom Hanks was the biggest actor in the world. Pretty much the biggest actor. He won two Oscars. Back to back. And it, it was like the world didn't have patience for both guys anymore. Yeah, and it, and it was... Uh, yeah, and it's so interesting because you don't even think about those two guys in the same contention as level of, like, actor. Because yeah. Keaton's career is so lackluster compared to hanks until the last like five years you started to really pick Keaton's, up again yeah having a little bit of a resurgence but like if you were going to say who has the career that caviezel could have had and for me the one i thought of it's a years wise it's just like one guy's a little older but i'm going to say ray fines ended up having i think mm. the career in a lot of ways that i think caviezel could have had i don't know if caviezel has the comic chops that i've seen ray fines have he's got that like <laughs> Really, like, kind of conniving, like, angry British yeah, curses a lot thing hilarious. going. Uh, but aside from that, I think that they could occupy a lot of the same space. I think Caviezel is talented in the same way. Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's a pretty straight up, pretty straight up comparison. I, he was one of the people I thought as well. Jake Gyllenhaal was one that I thought of, but I know that he's twelve years older than yeah, Gyllenhaal. Right. So if we were going to do that, I would, I'd be able to buy into that. But the person I think I thought of the most is uh is uh jude law sure um and i think that jude is one of those guys that we've talked about it. he's got they're both very good looking right uh jude law i think has much more of a movie star charisma than caviezel does but i actually think caviezel has more acting chops than law does not that law's not a good actor but uh i think about the stretches that they've done in their career and i think that caviezel's probably stretched himself a little thinner i think about the movies that i that i see jude law come into that i really enjoy him in um and the movies that I don't enjoy him in, and I could see Caviezel playing those roles, especially in uh, in one of our favorites, Road to Perdition. I could totally see Jim Caviezel yeah. being that creepy ass photographer, 
and and Jude Law is is probably more B list now in the sense of the roles that he gets. I mean, he'll always be A list, I think, because yeah. Jude Law is Jude Law. But I think that their careers could have been very similar. They're both coming up at around the same time, and I think it was honestly our obsession with rom-coms and kind of like sexy action stars in the early 2000s that kind of made their path separate. The weird thing about Caviezel is that he's got, he has this weird way of talking like he does. This. He talks kind of quietly and it's just kind of a little creepy at times when he talks and you're like, uh, okay. Like if you were hitting on me at a bar, I might just think you were going to murder me actually, which is yeah. why he lent himself so well to the crazy villain in Deja Vu. Yeah. It was it, cause that, yeah, that he's, that is maybe his best role. Big shout out, Deja Vu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big shout out. You want to just do Deja Vu right now? You could just do Deja Vu right now. Yeah. Um, ah, Claire. Ah. Need to have mattered to you. Need to have mattered to you. Uh, okay, so those are our two. So you, you said... Uh, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. And I said Jake Gyllenhaal would be nice if he was younger, but I stuck to Jude my boy Jude Law. Well, Jude Law has managed, interesting, interestingly enough, in the last couple of years. He had a little bit of a down period, and then... He got the role of the bad guy in King Arthur, which should have been a big deal, but right. wasn't. And then... Ford adjourn. And then he got the role of... Oh, the Young Pope was yeah. a big one, too. And he's also coming along with... Um, what's it called? Uh, he's going to be in one of the... The, the new one. Uh, the Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts. He's yeah, the, yeah. He's the co-lead in that. So. Oh, oh, and he's also uh, Marvel and Captain Marvel. Yes. So that, I think, is going to be huge. And so, but, but, you know, so you pull up someone's IMDb page and it says known for, Right. Right. Closer. Talented Mr. Ripley, Grand Budapest Hotel, Sky Captain, Closer, and Neo Yokio, and King Arthur. Like, weird. That's what I'm saying. Huh. And Jude Law is one of the most famous people ever. He's but got it's like Sky Captain. He's just got such a weird, such a weird career. So if you guys have another actor or actress out there who you, uh, actors or actresses who you see two people who one career went through the roof, the other one's just kind of stagnated. Let us know. It's a fun conversation. We'd love to see what you guys have to say about it. So That's, like, fascinating to me. I yeah. Can't, I his, can't believe that. No, you look at his known for, and it's it's like a C-list actor. Here's, here's the question I was going to ask. So how many Oscar noms do you think? The only one that I can for sure 100% guarantee... Who are you talking about? Jude Law. I know for almost for a fact that he got nominated for Talented Mr. Ripley. I, I'm pretty certain. I don't think... I think he might. I guess, have got... I guess that and maybe closer would be my guess. Yeah, that would be my guess too. Those would be the... Cold Mountain. He got one. For he, that? Got, he got nominated for Cold Mountain. He's the creepy best actor in a leading role. Yeah, I know he's not creepy. Colin, Colin Farrell's the creepy. Yeah, guy. no, he's he's the the brother or the cousin yeah. or what. I've seen that movie once. Um, okay, so moving on. Oh, he also got nominated for a Golden Globe for The Young Pope. Oh. So moving on to. Uh, Box Office Critical. this was produced by Buena Vista and distributed. It cost $35 million to make back in January 25th of 2002 was when it hit theaters. It grossed $54 million domestic and 21 uh, foreign for a grand total of $75 million. It opened at number five at the box office. And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote insert graphic, but then I forgot to grab the graphic. Nice. Um, <laughs> but it opens behind five other movies, some of which are in like their second and third weeks. Sure. Uh, if you want to go and pull or go through the uh, the ratings and all. Sure, yeah, yeah. So IMDb, it's a 7.8. That feels about correct. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has a 74 by all critics, 67 by top critics, and an 88 by audience. That makes sense. 88 by audience feels correct. That feels like that's what the audience, you know, this yeah. is the kind of movie that is I loved. I feel like a 67 by top critics is a little harsh. Yeah, I think there's, the thing about this movie that I could see if I was trying to poke holes in it would be, it does feel a little bit like if you want to roll your eyes and be like, this is just your by the numbers adventure story. It's right. all too predictable. It's all too like, you know, it's just like, okay, it all feels a little cartoonish in some ways. I'm curious just to read the book. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the book by Alexander Dumas. Uh, Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> Shawshank. Uh, which I, we, we forgot to mention him as writers. This is based off of a book, The Count of Monte Cristo. It was like that thick. Right. You know? So I wonder how much they actually pulled out of this film that would have made it that much better. Are you shocked that they haven't announced a remake yet? I really am. Cause it, I feel like it'll happen soon because it's just like, it's one of those stories that just, I mean like three musketeers, King Arthur, like they're all just going to keep getting remade. Yeah. It's one of those stories. It's also one of those stories where it's like, I feel like people in the know who are making movies now saw this movie in 2002 and have now like people that know about it, love it. Right. So I could see a director being like, I just really want to remake that movie. with yeah. Like a younger, hotter, more now cast yeah and i would watch it 
Yeah, totally. I do think it probably we're looking at like four years. Like I, I'll bet you like 2022 is when it happens. Ryan Wilson could direct it. That'd be so sick. Ryan Wilson. Johnson. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> uh, I was reading reading this. Okay, so here we go. So back to the numbers. Uh, Black Hawk Down is at number one for the fifth week in a row. Snow Dogs at number two. Oh, killer. Uh, in its <laughs> second week at theaters. Uh, a walk to the Re- well, a walk to remember opened that week. Shane West uh, at number three. Uh, a beautiful mind in its sixth week was still at number four. Isn't this isn't it interesting? Black Hawk Down and Beautiful Mind being at the top of the, the list that long is something that would never happen now. Like with yeah, uh, not with a beautiful mind. Black Hawk Down maybe. Um, and then at number five is the Count of Monte Cristo at eleven point three million, and right behind it is Mothman Prophecies at eleven point two million. No one cared about this movie, and I think that is a, is a true test of what we were talking about with their stars profiles. Yeah, the right. Sense that they were they were the star meters were like way down, way down. Yeah, I it's, totally agree. You know, Black Hawk Down, Josh Hartnett was on top of the world, yeah. things like that. You know, uh, so it's weird. It's weird getting old and realizing that there's people forty days and forty nights who like had their moment that seemed like they were going to be a somebody in your lifetime. You're, we're only going to be thirty. Josh Hartnett is one of the true like. Because he was in everything. Yeah. There was a minute where it was like, this is going to be a guy. But like, what I think it makes you realize is if you were to go back Slevin, and you could live in somebody else's, if you could like live in somebody else's body from 80 years ago, 70 years ago, 60 years ago, you'd see dozens of these guys through every generation that just seem like they're going to be that guy. Yep. And they just aren't. And they just, they, they don't stay relevant. Their career just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. And you wonder how much of it is the beast and how much of it is them. Yeah. You know? Good decisions, all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's definitely pretty interesting. So this movie only made a total of seventy five million dollars on a fifty four million dollar budget. Uh, they had to market it. So no, no, it no cost thirty five million dollar. Oh, thirty five. Yeah, okay, but so then with the marketing, yeah, exactly. So it did okay. Yeah, did fine. Did fine. Um, yeah. So uh, moving on, uh, we're gonna hit our favorite line. This yes. movie has a lot of great lines in it. You would hope in a movie pulled from a book there would be a lot of great lines in it. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really good ones. Um, I Do you want to repeat that one that Kevin said again? Yeah, yeah. I do love both of those lines that Kevin shared. Um, let me pull it up right now. Uh, every time people say, Dantes, Dantes, yeah. Edmond. I love, like, I love when he says the Count of Monte Cristo, but my friends call me Edmond Dantes. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes to hang him. That's pretty the sweet. The first time that Luis Guzman introduces him, he's the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. It's like very... Um, I would say probably I, I like I definitely really really like that line. Um, Do not commit the crime for which you now serve the sentence. That's I think that's probably my favorite line. In the yeah, movie. that is a really good one. Um, I think my favorite. I do love the why are you doing this? It's complicated. Yeah, both of them saying it to each other is, is very nice. Kings to you, Fernand. Uh, but my favorite I think is actually when he's giving the speech, which seems kind of silly that it would come from that. Sure. Um, but it says. One moment, or uh, you can bask in the sunlight in one moment, and the next be broken on the shore. Right. And I just think that's a really cool line. And then he goes, you know, the what de- what defines you as a man is how you weather the storm or whatever. But I just like that first part of it because it's so true. Yeah. We know we know in this business you can be riding at cloud nine, and then the next day just be like, ah, oh, God, I need a drink. Yeah. It's nine a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, don't 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 do as we do, guys. Do as we don't, say. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, this isn't a live show, so we don't really have any AMA questions to answer. No. Is there no. any questions you want to ask me? Um, <laughs> how was your night last night? Uh, let's see. My night last night was good. It was yeah. good. I watched some basketball. That's cool. And uh, I uh, I made protein pancakes. Really? Yes. You did that? With banana. That's a thing people do. They were very good. It's this Los Angeles, folks. People <laughs> make protein pancakes. It's <laughs> what I did. You asked. A little protein powder? Some protein uh, powder? Bananas? Some egg whites? A little bananas in there? Some cinnamon? If you're feeling crazy? This is great. This is great. Be sure to drink a lot of water. This tastes good. This tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's going to wrap up AMA question. So <laughs> I appreciate you asking. That was asked from Ben here in North Hollywood. Yep. So uh, there are three action movie categories. Those three categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Uh, we have described them a bazillion times. I'm they curious are... to see where, you, where this lands for you. I think I would have to put it in the middle category. Yeah, I thought you would say that. Ridiculously legitimate, which is kind of a little little silly, a little absurd, but held together by a couple of really strong factors that make you sort of not really laugh unintentionally much. And I think this movie, to me, is like... I do get a little lost in the, in the like, swashbuckling sort of, like... Yeah. Yeah, kind of, like, silly nature of something. He's, like, saying there's like... Yeah, it's like always have eyes in the back of your head. Hey, is it? Hey, yeah, <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. Um, 
Zatara. Like it's it means driftwood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah sweet. Uh, so for me, that's like there's that sort of. Like I would say the same thing about Princess Bride. This movie reminds me a lot of Princess Bride. I know Bride. you've said that a couple times now, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's not the same, but adventure movies, by and large, this just feels like that sort of a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the time period where you know nothing bad's going to happen to the good guy. Yeah, and, you right. know, All that type of exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think for me, because of where it sits in my heart, I'm going to have to go totally legit. There's not many moments from this where I feel completely pulled out of it. I really feel the despair of Edmond when he's in the Chateau d'If. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the... The, the warden. Oh, the warden. One of the, one of my all time favorite shit weasels ever. What's that guy's name? Cardinal Richelieu from Three Musketeers. Um, yeah, the villain from The Crow. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, the villain from The Crow. Why can't I remember his name? I'm gonna just slow. It's like Michael. Yeah, Michael. Can we get there before the internet does? Michael Wat, Watkins Watson. Michael Winthrop. Winthrop. Winsk- Wincott. Michael, Michael Wincott. Wincott. Damn there it. Go. There you go. <laughs> Michael Internet, Wincott. Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, so for me, I think I have to go totally legitimate. All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. There's only one thing left to do on the show, and that's called The Pitch. <laughs> see, we don't have a movie to pitch, but I thought I'd put Andrew on the spot just to see if he'd react and just do the pitch anyway. We do have a movie to pitch. Kind really? of. We oh, got yeah. an idea to pitch. So I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben, uh, tell me about the producers. <laughs> So uh, next week on the show, if this is airing when we think it's going to be airing, we hope, we hope this all works out. It's just streaming live right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to be covering one of either Deadpool 1 or Deadpool 2. So we, it's, what's going to happen is Drew and I are going to go see a screening. Yep. Um, I may, it is very likely that when you're watching this, I'm in New York. That's why we're doing this. Right, right. So it's possible that I will not be seeing the press screening of Deadpool 2 that I want to see, or I'll have to see it in New York, one or the other. And uh, then we'll cover Deadpool 1, or maybe we'll watch Deadpool 2 and be let down by it and want to do Deadpool 1 anyways, because we know that's a good movie. Exactly. So one or the other. I don't think we're going to do both, but we no. will do one or the other. So that's going to wrap that up. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be sure to check out our Facebook fan page. You can find it. There's one for Action Movie Anatomy. There's another one for the Action Army, as Andrew mentioned. June yes. 2nd, El Portal Theater, Schmodown Live, Team Actions, and be taking on the Shirewolves. We're knocking down Emma Fife, her squad. Um, Cushing and Draco and Wolf yeah. are all done. All done. And uh, yeah, check out the Patreon, guys. Uh, Patreon.com slash Team Action. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Same time, same place. Next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 